All right. Good morning, Frankie. Doing good. How are you doing? Good. All right. Am I on? I can't tell. Helen, turn me up just a little more, please. Well, Helen likes to, she gets back there and has control of that mute button with me. She likes to push it. All right, well, let's, uh, we'll start off with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us, and we just thank you for everything that you do for us, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come here and to learn your word, to learn more about you, to worship you, and hopefully take what we learn and what we know to take out and spread it in the, in the world and bring others to you, Lord. I just ask you to be with all those we have in our, our family that's sick and not doing well and just need our prayers. I ask that you put your healing hand and healing touch on them. I ask that you be with us as we go through this week as a country. We have an election coming up that's going to be a big one. Lord, I just ask that your will be done with that and that we can get through this and get through maybe a little bit more of a normalcy on the other side of it, Lord. Thank you for everything you do for us. In Christ we pray. Amen. All right, I got... Split these again. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Let them hand those out real quick, and we'll get started. it a hope enough if anyone all right okay it's I'm warm too I don't know why it seems like when it gets cooler outside it seems hotter in here I, even with the AC running all right so we're I'm going to continue this I think this is going to be maybe not the uh, I think the next to last one we we do in this series I, I think I'm going to wrap it up um, next week but we're, we're going to continue this this look at the question of why do we believe what we believe and this week we're going to look at commands examples and inference through theological hermeneutic which basically is through the study of God so we're going to look at the commands examples and an inference of the of the New Testament through studying God in Christ and, and what that looks like and, and continue that on. So what I did for this, I wanted to do, I wanted to look at this a little differently because usually what we do, and, and this is just in general what we do, we usually, when we, we look for the commands and examples of things that we're, that we're looking for, we usually start in Acts. We, we, we tend to start with Acts. We we like to see the gospel message that more to me, anyways. This this is kind of how I see it played out a lot of times. Is the four Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is more of a story 
And then once we get through that story, then we, then we go to, um, then we start in Acts, and that's where we kind of start getting our, our examples. But I want to start with Matthew and move forward. So what I did is I went through the, the Gospels, and I didn't mark all of them in here where they correlate back and forth and cross-reference them. That would have just took too much of my time. I, just, I don't have that much time. But um, what I did, there's actually about 335 commands from Jesus in the New Testament. What I did was I broke those down and I took out the, the generic commands of like, you know, telling the, the, the blind man to go wash his eyes in the river and that, that kind of stuff because that doesn't apply. Any, anything that was kind of specific to that particular person or individual or that situation, we, I took out. And then the ones that were similar were, were kind of repetitive, I took those out. So what I came up with was 49 commands of Jesus. Now there's probably more than that, right? Well, I know there's more than that, but, I, but this is kind of where it played out to about 49 commands. You could probably move that a little forward with some other ones, but I, I think this is a good, pretty set. And I'm actually going to go through these. Um, Helen, will you take pictures of those two pages, because I couldn't put them up on the slide. Take pictures of those two pages and put them on the um, live stream for me. Thank you. Um, but I'm actually going to go through these because I want to go through these because I want us to look at them and, and, and focus on them. And I'm just going to go through them real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll continue on. So, and I try to do this in order, actually, too. So in order of his ministry of the commands that he gave. So the first command we find is to repent and turn to God. Follow me. Rejoice and be glad. But not only rejoice and be glad when people insult you and persecute you, we are to let our light shine before man. We are to honor and teach God's law. We are to be reconciled to those who have something against you. Go to those. If someone's got something against you, go to them. Do not lust. Keep your word. Go the extra mile and do not seek revenge. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Be perfect as your father is perfect. Practice secret disciplines. And what I mean there is a lot of the, the disciplines that we're, we're like prayer and stuff like that is to do, you know, not to do it in a haughty, showy way, but to do that in secret. Lay up treasures in heaven. We're to seek God's kingdom above all else. We are not to judge by standards that we cannot, ourselves cannot meet. Do not waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Ask, seek, knock, and you will find. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you, or also known as the golden rule. Choose the narrow way. Beware of false prophets. Pray for more laborers in the work of the Lord. Be shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Do not fear those who want to kill you. Hear God's voice. Come who are weary. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Do not look down on the little ones. Go to those who sin against you in private. Be on guard against every kind of greed. Forgive those who sin against you. Honor marriage. Leaders must be a servant first. And if you want to be first, you must be a slave. Be a house of prayer. 
Ask in prayer and faith. Invite in the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. I lost my spot. There we go. Be ready all the time for Christ's return. Take, eat, and drink, referring to the Lord's Supper. We must be born again. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give it, be given into temptation. Feed his sheep. Make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Receive God's word. And then the last commandment that we find is to love one another as he has loved us. Anything stand out to you in all these? About serving others? Comes down to you. Yeah. Putting others above yourself. Any other thoughts, comments? Some are easier than others. That is very true. Bless those who persecute you, right? And we're not talking about in this day of people just making fun of you. It's this was full beatdowns, right? Forgiveness, yes. Well, and that's what a lot. I mean, going to those who, who, who have something against you, you know, praying for those who are trying to kill you, you know. I mean, that, there's a lot of forgiveness. That's hard. Someone's trying to kill me. It's going to be hard for me to say, oh, I forgive you. I'm going to try to defend myself. <laughs> yeah. So, anyone else? Think about it. <laughs> I mean, but you think about it, that's exactly what Jesus did while he hung on the cross. I think that sums it. I, I think what she said, a life of excellence. And what I point to in this, if you look at all of Jesus' command, I highlighted three of them as green. I, they don't show up as green as well as I thought they would from the printer. But most of these are conditions of the heart. If you, if you sum it down, it, it, it comes back to conditions of the heart and living an excellent life of how you're, basically how you're going to live your life. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Almost every one of these goes against our our human nature. Uh, and as a denying yourself, putting others first, putting yourself last. And so there's there's a reason why I wanted to start here with with when we we talk about following the commands of the Bible. I honestly and personally believe that these first four Gospels should be our primary focus. Not to say the other ones, and we'll get into that, not to say the rest of the Bible doesn't apply, but you'll you'll see where I'm coming from here. And I, I always use, this is the verse I go to in Matthew. It's Matthew 23, 23, when he's basically spends an entire chapter just blasting the Pharisees. He says, What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even to the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Jesus is saying there are more important things we are to do than there are other things. And around those... Coming down. <laughs> All right, sorry. That, that rain come down hard. The more important things. These are the three things that he, he, he lists as the more important things. Justice, mercy, and faith. And I, I, I put parentheses love because all that's going to tie back to love. So what I think we need to do is if we're going to follow commands and examples let's follow the commands and examples of jesus first and let's look at that so what was jesus's focus if we look and i think most of these maybe have been or some of you mentioned these jesus's focus was love and i, and I tried to pull these out as i as i went through them was love was prayer was forgiveness humbleness faith putting others first we mentioned that one honor mercy Justice, searching for him, and, and, and to apply that, to be on guard against the evils of the world, to be honest, to show repentance, and to teach others. Now, I'm going to be honest with this next slide. It doesn't apply universally to every single, but if you look at our focus as in, in people and as a church, or church is, it doesn't matter what you go. If you look at our focus there, these are the things we tend to focus on. We tend to focus on names or titles, procedures, traditions, rules, checklists, who is right, who is wrong, the physical things, and then how things look or appearances. Would anyone disagree with that? Again, I don't say this to be, I'm just saying that this tends to be our human, human nature. What's that? Self, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I could have probably put it in parentheses there at the bottom. And all this ties into self, right? A lot of times. And, and this is, and I'll, I'll tell you how I know this, what our focus tends to be off of. 
I think I've been a deacon now 15 years. All right? And, and again, this is not to be, to talk negatively or to, to I'm just giving you my example, my, what I've seen. In 15 years, most of the focus and in a lot of the things we discuss and look at are a lot of these things right here. And that's not just here. I, I, that's everywhere. I'm going to be honest with you. It's everywhere. You can look. I, can, I have conversations. I see. If, if the church is even meeting to discuss things or has deacons or has elders, even then, if they don't, they still, these are the things we focus on. And again, it's our human nature. It's our human nature to, to dive towards that. And that's why if you look at the, the, these commands I got from Jesus, it's the exact opposite. Go ahead. What is right, what is wrong? Yeah, instead of who, I don't think. Yeah. But the in, in, individuals of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I could have put a, that would have been, I could have put that. Who, what is right, who, what is wrong. Sometimes we, we get into those things. And sometimes those things are important. Sometimes it is important to focus on what is right and what is wrong. Right. There's a balance. And, and I think sometimes our balance gets out of whack. We, we tend to do more of the peace things you mentioned than, than put our focus on what Jesus would do. Correct. Correct. So, so what Dad just said was we, what Jesus was talking about in, in Matthew 23, 23 was the, the weightier things, you know, right? We, we tend to focus on more of the, I'll put it this way. I think we tend to focus on the things that, that show how do I word this? What we're doing. Let me like to kind of show ourselves off a little bit, maybe to say maybe that's not but basically to show that look, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing type type attitude. Go ahead. And you, and, you, and, and you jumped ahead of me a little bit on that, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we got smart people in this class. Uh, we talk what we, our focus, we call it in the church, we say, well, we're majoring in the minor. Yeah, majoring in the minor. Yep. But we use that spirit and in truth thing to defend this sometimes. Because we will say, well, we've got to be in truth, and we will say, well, truth is the way we do things in worship. Because a lot of times we tie it back to worship, right? We'll worship in spirit and in truth, right? And, and I think sometimes we tie that to, to just what we do in a building on Sundays or Wednesdays. Yes. And he was talking about worshiping God in spirit and in truth by the way we live our lives every day. And that when, when he's talking to the woman in the well about that, you know, he, he, he's, he's talking to her about that, and he says... You know, because they're talking about worshiping in the temple. And he's like, no, you're going to be able to worship God anywhere, in the mountains, wherever you want. And, and I think we need to get more towards, when we talk about worshiping or, or being in spirit and in truth, that's more than just what we do here. So what I did was I, I went back, and if you look on the page there, that's a review from uh, Lesson 1, the 25 Signs. 
And this is a, this is a Church of Christ publication. All right? 25 signs that you are the one true church or the church of Christ. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to compare these 25, and some lists have 30 signs, some lists have 35 signs, some have 40, There's the, but they're all kind of generalized. So if you remember, I want you to compare this list to the 49 commands that we see from Christ. Following which one is going to appear more like the church of Christ. Because in the bottom of their literature, they say basically if you don't follow these 25 things exactly, you're not saved. Go ahead, Frankie. Yeah, and that's what I've, without coming out and just blasting and saying, I, 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 well, I did last week. For example, when I talked about the uh, silence of the Scripture, I, I think that's a wrong teaching. And I'm not saying, but I'm, and, and what I'm saying about, the, you know, we've gone through the blueprint or pattern uh, theology type interpretation, I'm not saying that is wrong. What I'm saying is you get to, a, there's a better way, and you get to a better example by interpreting the scriptures through the life of God and the life of Christ. Because if you look at 25, or the, the 25 signs here, this is blueprint interpretation. Right? Pattern interpretation. If you look at the 49 commands, that is going through, interpreting the Bible through the life of Christ. And there's a big difference. I'm not saying we shouldn't attempt to do these things, the 25. I think these are good things to look at. These are examples that are out there for us to look at. They are, they're all scriptural. Yep. The problem was with the Pharisees, Jesus said they dotted every I and crossed every T. They did that, but he said their heart was corrupt. So we can believe all this, and this is all right. We, we can believe all this, but if our heart's not right with the Lord and we're not living it in our everyday life, then this kind of becomes, you know, it, it's like you say, this just becomes a set of rules. Right. Instead of, instead of yes, this is what we believe. Now, we're going to live this out in our everyday life yep. and live the way. This is God's church. We're going to be God's church. And live the way Christ. And, and this is where I, I have, this is where I struggle. It's when things like this are published, and then at the bottom of it says, if you don't follow it, you're not saved. Where if you go back to the teachings of Christ, there's none of that in there. If you look back at the teachings of Christ, his, just, his, his evaluation, what Dad talked about, is, was the heart. 
not following a bunch of little rules. And so, again, we're going to get through this a little bit. And that's what my next point is. Jesus was more concerned about the spiritual. If you look through all of the, these commands, it's all about the spirit, right? The heart of where you're at and what you're doing. And so, like what Dad was just talking about here a minute ago, many times we turn examples into commands. And that's where we got to be careful. All right? And I was going to kind of dive really deep uh, into this, but a little more. But, but I kind of hinted at it a little bit, and I'll, and I'll go through this. We treat the gospel, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, more as a storybook. And then we start in Acts onward for more of our rule book in general. Right? If we talk about, if we, you t if we tend to, if we talk about a, a rule or a command that we follow, we tend to go somewhere in Acts forward. Not always, but we, but we tend to. And I think, honestly, I think it should be the other way around, because I think this is what it is. I think the four Gospels is the example, the life of Christ, and, the, and, the, and the, the commands that he laid out that we are to follow, and we're to use Acts onward as the story of the church trying to follow what God laid out in the first four in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not to say we don't follow their examples and things and the commands that are laid out, not that we don't follow them, but I think our focus needs to be on the first four more than it is on Acts and forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I said, well, if you love God the way the Bible says to do, then you're going to keep his commands. Yep. You're going to do what he says to do to the best of your human ability. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is what I said, I, and, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but I think we need to stop trying to be the first century church. And what I mean by that is applying Jesus' life and commands the same way the first century church did, is not possible in the 21st century church. And what I, what I mean by that is it's a completely different set of cultures. It's a completely different set of circumstances. It's a completely set of just everything. You know, not to say we don't uh, attempt to apply, but we can't be, we will never be the first century church. right? Because we, can't, we cannot duplicate what they did and what they went through. We just can't. And so my point is, is we need to take the story of Jesus and all the, the commands that he gave us and the commands that we have in the New Testament or the rest of the New Testament and apply them to the current culture and situation that we're in now and use that to develop the 21st century church. I think each century, each generation is going to have their own, this is going to cycle through. Now we stay true to the gospel message, we straight, stay true to the meanings, I th and I think this has caught us up, and I, and I see this a lot, is we've, we get too focused on the past, that we, we miss what's going to happen in the future, or we miss the future church sometimes. And so I, f I wrote this statement, and you, and you can agree with it or you cannot, but I think Jesus is ne not nearly concerned about how we worship him as much as he is the heart that we worship him with. The spirit and the truth, right? That's both of them combined. 
Yeah. No, and I think we, we're, as humans in nature, we like that. We like it when everything's laid out for us real easy, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? And so this is where I want to get to the heart of. I want us to get, you know, and I don't want anyone to take this as saying, well, we don't have to do this or we shouldn't do this. But what I want us to make sure is that we are following the example of Christ to its fullest as much as we can and applying that through what we read in the rest of Scriptures. Go ahead. Oh, no. From, no. But it's still, so do you think that part of how we got into this is the Americanization of us because we think we're the best of us? Honestly, I think it goes back to about 300 to 400 AD. I think the worst thing that ever happened to the church was when the Roman government um, legalized it. And when the Roman government legalized the church, they brought in all their traditions, right? The, 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 the church buildings, the, the, you know, the facilities that we, we see, all that kind of... We didn't have church buildings up until about that time. Everyone met in houses or, or public areas. And that started the, the traditions of the church. We saw it go into the, the Roman Catholic Church. And then we, they even whenever the Reformation movement had, they still brought a lot of that out. Not as much, but a lot of it out. And so we, we got tied down into... And I think some of this even goes back to the Roman Catholic Church too, is we got tied down into the things that we do, right? The, the works type stuff. And we focus less on faith and, and grace and things like that. And I think that permeated all the way through, even to the church or even uh, uh, the other churches that you see. And Yes, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, again, in well, Africa, you, if you were to say that to them people, they would look at you like yeah. you were yeah. from another planet or something. But to, but to your point, yes, I, I do think that, like what Dad said there, too, once we got into the Americanization of it, we it became a convenience type thing. It's easy. You know, church is easy in America. You know, China, you have to hide out in a house. And I tell you, and I was reading one of the books of what they, one of the things they do in China. They are willing to give up their livelihoods to study the Bible. They brought um, one, a missionary, one of the books I was reading. I forget the name of the book now. He went over to China was, and was doing house churches. These people needed to get their crops in. And they, instead of doing that, this is their livelihood and their, their, their food they're going to eat. Instead of doing that, they stayed with that, him for a full week and studied the Bible. Just so they could study the Bible with him. We don't, we don't have that dedication today. Nowhere close to it. And so, you know, it's about, uh, yep. I didn't come to be served, and if he 
deserved to be served while he was on this earth is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That sacrificial service. Yeah. We, we can't even fathom that in most churches today in America. We, we've made, even, even the commands and the, the things that we follow in the church today, or the examples that we follow, we've even slimmed them down and Americanized. Right? Communion. Right? Actually, when they got together, the main focus of what they did on Sunday, when they got together on the first day of the week, was the Lord, it was, that was the main thing they focused on. They would have a couple people speak, get up and speak, or do interpretation. There was some prophecy. Right? They would, might sing a little bit. But the, the biggest focus, and this was an all-day event, too. Right? They did this from, for the most time, sun up to sundown type thing. I mean, one of them, you see the guy, he was still preaching past midnight, so he was into, I think, Monday. I can't remember if it was Saturday into Sunday, or it was a Sunday into Monday. I can't remember. But <laughs> the guy falls out the window. Yeah. That's right. So in our terminology, it would be Saturday into Sunday. So he, you know, they, they, and so, and this is what I'm, I guess my main focus I want to try to get to is I want us to get away from the rituals and the traditions and the turning things that are examples into commands, and if you don't do those examples, then you're going to hell type, type thing, right? And I want us to get to the, the foundations of what Jesus taught, and most of it was how we are to behave and how we are to be, how our heart is supposed to be and how our heart is supposed to look and what I'm going to do because I and I'm going to go through this and then we'll look at several of these next week the one I wanted to talk about through the lens of Christ was his baptism and I'm going to try to me this is a different way of presenting it because I'm going to be honest with you I've never heard baptism represented in this way through the life of Christ I've heard it talked about well Jesus was baptized so we need to be baptized but I've never had anyone actually go back to it and through it you know where do we usually start if we're going to talk about baptism? Acts 2.38, right? And, and not to say that's not a legitimate command. They asked what I have to do to be saved. He said you need to be baptized. Repent and be baptized. All right? What is the very first thing, and the answer is kind of in this, that Jesus has to do, and I say has to do, before he starts his ministry? He goes to John and gets baptized, right? Yep, gotta do it. And, and I'm going to read this. This is from Matthew 3:13, and this is the New Living Translation. And I love how they translate this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, and John tried to take him out of it, or talk, not take him, talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, "It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires." So John agreed to baptize him. So we can go to Acts 2.38 and we can see the example, the command that's given to us. Why don't we start here? Jesus himself commands us in this, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. If I'm talking to someone about baptism and I say, look, yeah, Peter said it here, but look, Jesus actually was the first one to say it. And he did it, even though he... 
And this is the one thing. A lot of people say he doesn't have to be baptized. I want to get into this a little. Hopefully I got time. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened up and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove on and set on him. What does it say after Acts 2.38 when, we get bat- when we're baptized? What's going to happen? We'll be given the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? When Jesus was baptized, he was given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some people will interpret this as a dove came down. No, it's actually a spirit that descends like a dove onto Jesus. So there are scholars, and then the voice uh, came from heaven, saying, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy, or who I'm well pleased, some, some translations say. There are some scholars who believe that Jesus before he was baptized, did not have the power to do a lot of the miracles and stuff that he did. And that once he was baptized, he received the full power of the Holy Spirit. That's what comes down on him. Because if you look, what happens immediately after he's baptized? This is the start of his mission, right? Or his ministry. He goes into the wilderness and he's tempted for how many days? 40 days and 40 nights, right? We see three examples of that. But this was a bit of ongoing temptation for 40 days and 40 nights. So Jesus himself had to be baptized to start his ministry. Do you not think we should have to be baptized to start our ministry or our relationship in Christ? Has anyone ever had it presented to them that way? Yeah. Sins yeah. The way we are, so maybe we just don't. I, I see your point, but maybe in wanting to get that that we're sinners and need God's grace, and we need to be baptized for the forgiveness of sin, that we don't use Jesus as an example because he was sinless. Yeah, but I I, th- I think we can take this example and then grab Acts two thirty eight and say, look, Jesus had to be baptized in order to start his ministry. We have to be baptized to start our path or our ministry, but we, we, and we can talk about the differences. We do it for the forgiveness of sins, right? It says that believe and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But here's my thing. I, I think we would be a whole lot more convincing to someone teaching them this way of baptism. And again, I didn't, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you 100%. I've never, I didn't read anything on this. I just, just studying this I'm like, this makes more sense to me. All right, if I got someone who's struggling about whether they should be baptized or not, it's like, well, we look at all these, you know, it's like, well, just go back here. Jesus himself had to be baptized. If Jesus had to be baptized to start, then should we not have to be baptized? Sorry, I skipped through a lot of my... <laughs> my slides. And so th- this is what I mean when I say interpret the commands and the examples of the Bible through the lens and the story of Christ. Because there's not a single thing that Christ commands or acts, asks us to do that he did not do himself. Temptations, forgiveness, loving, 
All those things that we look at, we can filter it through. That message. I'm, I'm even going to next week, we're going to look a little bit at even the worship service and, and worship and, and how, what, how, what Christ did looking through his examples on that. Because he really doesn't give us any commands around that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm gonna use, I want to use that as an example to show even, even he went to, on a regular basis, almost every single type of gathering or, or worship or special event, things they celebrated, he was at every single one of them. That was, yeah, that was the law he was under. But what I like, and, and, and I'll, I'll say this, what I like about it is, is even though he was under that law, Jesus was a lawbreaker. He was a rule breaker. He came in and, and, and I mean, he says it. You know, I've not come to, to, to fulfill, right? I'm sorry. I've come to fulfill it, right? But even then, he, he still, he pushed against it. He would break some laws to fulfill others. Traditions, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me let me rephrase that. He he didn't he didn't break like the actual law that was established. He he broke the rules and the, the laws that they created, similar to sometimes how we do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking things to extremes. And so th- this is kind of. I'm going to spend next week looking through that again. What we're going to look at, um, and I I just have these three. I think we'll look at a little more. But, but the Lord's Supper, the, the church, when I, when I say church, I don't mean the, the, the church church, but the actual being part of the church. Maybe I should have put that. Church involvement. Maybe I should have put that. And then evangelism. And, I, and I'll probably add a couple more as I, as I go through it. But I think if we, if we take this lens and shift it to this, it makes a whole lot more sense. And I think the church is better off. And I think, like I've shown, I think that's the example we see when you start in Acts and go to the end of the Bible. You know, I showed that in Ephesians last week. Almost every other sentence is going back to like Christ or how Christ or, or in Christ. And I, I want us to do that same thing, apply it to ourselves. And so, I don't know, I hope this makes sense. To me it does, but sometimes things to me that make sense don't make sense to other people. But I hope this shows how this may be more impactful to interpret the, the Bible through the lens of Jesus and his story and less more through rules and regulations. Because what happens when you try to give people rules and regulations? <laughs> they fight it, right? And, and I think if we... And one, um, I don't know, this is just me personally, but if I'm talking to someone about becoming a Christian, if I just lay out a bunch of steps, and, and, not, and again, I'm not saying that all those are bad. We find those in there. But I think it get, cuts more to the heart when I can go to someone and, and show them the example of Christ and everything he did and the, his story and, and show all that and show that he did this. And, and, and so we, we need to do this as well Versus, well, just going verse to verse to verse to verse and try to 
point someone. I, I mean, if you look at how Paul wrote his letters, he talks, but he gives the story of Christ in almost every single one of his letters of how and how we're to be more like him and how we're to, to search and, and, and search through him, through Christ, of how we are to live our lives and how we are to be. And I, and I think if we continue to do that, then that will make it a whole lot better. So next week, I'm going to try to do this same thing through the lens of the Lord's Supper, through you know, our, our church involvement, our evangelism, things with, with each other. And, I, and I'll probably find a few more uh, to throw in there because, again, these are all things that we do. Some are commands, some are examples. But we'll, we'll look at it and, and, and say, okay, yeah, we see this laid out, but, but how did this really look like through Christ? And how can we apply that? So it's 11.15, and we'll look at that next week. Thank you.